and welcome to the Scrap Paper Pioneers podcast. This is our 26th episode and I'm really excited to introduce you to today, Glenn Strong, an incredible ultra runner and he shares some awesome insight to life and it's pretty cool because I think even though we talk a bit about running, it's very applicable to a lot of things. So I hope you enjoy it and I really loved having this conversation. Glenn, welcome. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Beautiful sunny day in Kevin. Oh, it's stunning. It's so good. Thank you for having us around to your space. It's a very cool little office. Nice, beautiful views out into the trees and the sunlight. Yep. It's so nice. Living the dream. Yeah. Oh, 100%. (laughs) It's great. So, you hold quite a few different roles at the same time. So, you're a dad, you're a husband, who your amazing wife sitting with us. Hi, Shona. Hi. <laughs> um, and you're an ultra runner and athlete as well. And like obviously, you work at the same time, which is quite a significant number of things. Um, yep. But at the same time, you show you value all of them through different ways so like how you invest your time and how you're present and I think it's so so cool and have you ever found that like your love for running while valuing family time has been a really cool example to be able to show your kids and maybe your kids friends or anyone like that really that it's an awesome approach to life and to approach those challenges that life you face in life really yeah I think for people that know me and, and um, know me well, know the importance of family, but they definitely will see through the way I talk about running that I have a real love for it and it's you know, it's a bit of a passion. And I think it's important to, um, to make sure that you follow your passions because it does reflect in other aspects of life. So if you're enjoying the life journey and you're um, getting something out of those experiences, then it's a it's modeling that behavior so you know i certainly encourage um you know my kids I, I want them to follow their passions i don't want them to just go through life you know wake up go to school come home that's it you know you've got to have there's got to be more to it um there's got to be something that um you know that spark that makes you want to be going through that journey um and so i'd like to think that i'm i'm reflecting that example well but also keeping it into in a balance by not um not letting it rule my life you know it's it's got to be in balance I, I do try and structure training in in a way and in, in times where it doesn't uh, interfere with family routines or um, as much as possible not affecting you know going out for a weekend or, or something like that yeah that's so cool eh? yeah what an awesome thing for you to be able to model for them right like that way of still doing what you love because there's so much research I've been reading around the thing of parents having things that they love and they model for their kids like whatever it is and the kids go oh it's awesome to be able to love that thing and weave it into my life in a way that still means I can value all these other things that are important to me yeah it's so cool yeah it's definitely really for sure yeah oh and your kids are super cool they're yeah. not even kids they're like no. young women yeah uh, they're yeah. amazing oh, yeah. That's great. They are. and they definitely follow their dreams as well yeah it's really cool to watch it's so cool yeah how exciting I've had the privilege of growing up alongside both of them so it's yeah. pretty fun <laughs> real cool so long runs like ultras you have paces right so people who come and run alongside you sometimes to keep you going in those moments or keep you on track I know you've talked a little bit about that or yep. um, help keep your pace strong that good cadence and can kind of keep you motivated and I'm really curious like how important would you say it's been for you in your life to have those kind of support people around you, whether it's your family or people who are pacing you, um, how, how important has that been? That's actually quite a big question. Um, so uh, you're definitely in, in an ultra sense, um, those people definitely do all those roles and more, um, you know, when you're late in a run on a particularly big event and, you know, I, I have runs that are over 24 hours long um, and you get sleep deprived, you make some pretty stupid decisions and you can forget really simple fundamental things like I've got to drink um, or you go into an aid station and you re- need to be refueling and you can forget to do things like that. Um, so, you know, in that sense, they, they're preventing you from making stupid mistakes. They're looking out for your interests and 
um, they, they've got your back, you know, they, they know what you need better than you know. And I think in life, you surround yourself with people that are just like that, you know, in, in one sense, I, I say a spouse fills that role, you know, for, for a lot of people is the number one. They know you better than you know yourself in many areas and they can help um, support you, but they keep you grounded, all those sorts of things. Outside of that, I think you then have, um, you know, a small group of people that you just journey life with that it doesn't really matter, um, you know, what time period goes between seeing them. Um, you know, you could go years where you haven't seen them and then you pick up like it's, you know, yesterday. And there's some, um, you know, there's some connection there that, that makes them a, a really close contact beyond just, you know, a, a friend that you, you transfer life with. Um, you know, and I'd, I'd say, you know, your parents are, would fit that category. You know, I've been to high school with, with your dad, um, you know, live with them in Auckland for a time. And, you know, we could go to London for eight years and then come back. And it's almost like we've never, you know, been apart. And, yeah. and so I think there's there's people like that who will champion you, you no matter what. They're, they're behind whatever you do. Um, but then there's also, it's quite important to have some friends who will tell you how it really is, you know, keep you grounded. They, they're that sort of reality check and aren't going to, um, you know, if you have some sort of, I don't know, some weird political idea, they're going to call you on it and they go, no, actually, I don't agree with that. And and they've you've built up a good enough connection that they can be honest about stuff. And I think that's really important. You know, if you just have people that surround you that just believe in everything you can do, mm. um, you know, that, that has a place. Yeah. But you also need that balance, the yin and yang. Yeah, 100%. That's yeah. someone who can come alongside you and go, what are you up to right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and in, the, in the running sense, sometimes that's a, I, I can't believe you're thinking of doing that again. You know, mm. you're, you're crazy. Um, sometimes in, in life, that's the same sort of thing. You know, like, why, why would you be wanting to do that? You know? Yeah, wow. That's so cool, Like Honestly, like having people around, that's one of the biggest things, like, in every conversation I've had with people, those support people yep. that you have around you is just huge. Yeah, it's and, and so I think sadly we we don't always um, show gratitude or thank some yeah. of those people, and yeah. and yet they are super important to the journey that we're all on. Mm. And you know, to, I'm trying to be better at, at that. You know, reaching sure. out to, mm. and they're not necessarily the closest friends because often you have a close enough contact with those that you can be thankful. But that next sort of group of people that are around you that you really value their opinions mm. that they're really important in life to actually make the concerted effort to go hey i really appreciate you mm. and make that random as well not once they've just done something for you yeah yeah you know? yeah so it's not attached to the, yeah. the thing that yeah. they're doing yeah, yeah, yeah that's so cool oh that's amazing yeah i love it so i know you've got um some really cool learnings that you've shared recently from running and challenging yourself and I'd love to be able to read them out because I think they're, they're really cool. Um, if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. Excuses sound best to people, to the people making them up. Never pull yourself out of a race. If you're in a bad enough state or can't make a cutoff, then someone else will pull you off the course. But that someone should not be you. You should always be telling yourself you have the strength and courage to carry on. It's not that 100 miles I feel compelled to conquer. I want to conquer myself. What would your love, I don't know, for your kids, your friends, your wider networks, and um, and just everyone you know, what would you love for them to kind of take away from how you're living or will have lived your life eventually? Yeah, I think it, to me it's important to be authentic. Mm. Um, and you it's come up in a, in a um, theme, I think, from a number of people who've been on your podcast mm -hmm. to be the best you that you can be, yeah. and and that's definitely something I constantly strive to be. And whether that's in running or just in life, um, no one can do me better than I can, mm -hmm. and I've got to um, a focus on that journey of trying to do me better because I think it is always a journey, and none of us have really got that nailed yet. Yeah. Um, but also not to try and compare myself to others or judge myself against others and I think that's where the whole um, you know trying to conquer self trying to um, achieve my own goals um, it's it is about me and my journey because it becomes very personal and hopefully um, that journey that you that we all end up on will change who we are and reflect us as being better people mm -hmm. and you know 
hopefully encourage those around us and yeah. and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. That's really um, cool. And, and I, I think also not to let that little seeds of doubt that we all mm. get take hold. Yep. You know, it's easy to look at some big thing, you know, like a, a big race and go, oh, I can't do that. Yeah. Um, but you have to break it down into smaller sections. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I spend a lot of time when I'm prepping for, well, when I was originally looking at doing ultra marathons, watching videos of the back of pack runners. Mm. You know, I don't want to watch videos of elite runners because yeah. they make it look easy. Yeah. And they finish in really quick time and they have different challenges. You know, they're, they're certainly amazing elite athletes. Um, but I wanted to see how people who really are pushing themselves beyond their limits, how do they cope with the challenges that they come across? Yeah. What sort mm. of mindset does it take? Um, there's even a, a podcast dedicated 100% to people who don't finish. And, wow. Um, and, and it's a lot about, you know, um, embracing the fact that it's not always about crossing the line that makes you a winner. Um, sometimes it's about how you journey, how you grow from the things you learned that you did wrong. Um, maybe you have set too big a challenge, but it's still putting yourself out there and trying to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, those, a lot of those who succeed, it's probably because they have people around them that are championing that for them. You know, in a, in a race sense, they might get to, you know, 80% through an event yeah. and they're already quit. And they'll come into an aid station and they'll have family and friends there or they'll have some, you know, a pacer or crew or whatever. Mm. And they're going, oh, you can do this. You know, you've, you've made it this far. It's only 80%. And sometimes you just need that little reminder yeah. that actually one foot after the other, I've just got to keep going. Um, and definitely that applies to life too. Sometimes life can get hard. And yeah. sometimes you just need someone to go this week, just focus on one foot after the other, mm. you know, it'll get better. You, um, you, you like with training, you know, um, you have to apply yourself. Some weeks are harder, some weeks mm. are easier, but when you look back over a journey, so six, 12, 18 months, you can see improvement. You don't always see it at the time. You sometimes have to step back from yourself. Um, and definitely I, I think that with life as well. Yeah. Wow. How have you found that reflection? Like, looking back past to when you first started running what what is that like when you look back on your journey and you go wow this is where I was because I know you, you ran your first marathon in 2015 yeah. was it yeah. yeah wow yeah wow that's um yeah it's been quite the journey uh I I hadn't run really for 20 years um and when I was at school, I ran track, I ran cross country, did, you know, Harriers. Mm. Um, I was pretty competent. So, you know, mm. I, um, in a 1500 meters, say I was, you know, not quite a podium finisher at a national level, but I was close at a local mm. level. I was certainly a podium finisher. Mm. Um, and when I was about 17, I was told that I really probably should stop um, running or training as much as I was because um, I had a health issue and can compounded with the volume of training I was doing yeah. and with just being a teenage boy and growing a lot mm. um, it was causing me a lot of problems so um, I pretty much stopped running when I was 17 wow. and I would guess probably ran maybe a dozen runs in the 20 years after wow um, so you know we're not talking a lot of running yeah um, <laughs> and as I was coming up on um, turning 40 um, Shana would argue that I had my midlife crisis <laughs> <laughs> and, and maybe I still am because I haven't stopped yet um, but uh, I realised how unfit I was and mm. I get really annoyed that people often are judged by their physical size you mm. know a person who's quite large mm -hmm. um, is you know sometimes criticised as being obese or unfit or whatever and then a lot of small people you know mm. I'm, I'm a relatively slight build um, I just assumed to be fit yes. and I realized how so unfit true. I was. I was very unfit walking up the terrace in Wellington, which is not that steep a hill. I would be totally puffed by the time I got to the end of it. Yeah. Um, so part of it was I realized I needed to make some life changes to get fitness back. And it mm. wasn't about trying to lose weight or anything like that. It was just simple cardiovascular fitness. How do I um, build something up that means I feel like I'm a healthy person? Yeah. So almost turning 40 decided i don't know i'll do a marathon in my 40th year <laughs> as you do um well as some of us crazy people do uh didn't quite go to plan um in the sense that i was probably about three weeks into training and i managed to get a stress fracture in my leg and that probably is linked to my earlier health 
challenges. Yeah. Um, probably didn't help that I was loading up the mileage a bit quicker than I probably needed to. Mm. Um, but so that resulted in oh, I was on crutches for a few weeks and couldn't run for a month, I think, and kind of, you know, it, it could have been a setback. Yeah. But I think, um, you know, you, you've got to learn from things and how you approach things. And one mm. thing I decided then was that it wasn't going to be a showstopper. It wasn't going to change things. I knew I actually enjoy running. I just had to get into it again. Even though I hadn't run for 20 years, I knew I still enjoyed it. Um, and so I just I changed my approach a little to training. I took it a little bit easier. Um, and, yeah, and built up to, um, you know, seven months after I started doing my first marathon. That's amazing. Um, I... Did a, did a marathon the following year as well. Uh, it was t- two years from when I started running that I did my first ultra. So mm. ultra marathon technically is anything over a marathon distance, generally run on trails, um, not, not always. Um, so that first one was uh, 87Ks um, up in Rotorua and then did my first uh, 100 miler a year after that. So oh. three and a bit years after starting running, mm. um, doing 100 milers. And I don't think there's anything special or unique about me. I think it's just if you apply yourself, you follow a simple process and actually focus on rest. Um, The the first year I was training, I was running six days a week. And um, I don't think my health benefited nearly as much. Um, You know, there's an importance of rest days and stuff. And now Mm. I average three days a week. Yeah. I think, you know, I was just looking the other day. I've done um, about 10,000 kilometers of running over the last five years. Yeah. It actually averages out only just over three runs a week, mm-hmm. and it's about twelve k's a run as, wow. as the average. Wow. And so twelve k's for me is you know it's about an hour's run. It's not a it's not a massive time commitment. Yeah, yeah. So you can put relatively small time investment mm. um, in and um, see what... yeah and do quite well out of it. But but equally, I don't think you know you don't have to be crazy like I am. Um, you know, I, I think it's awesome that there's these park runs all over the place yeah, and yeah. encouraging people to go out and do 5Ks. Yep. And, and I love that their um, their goal is that the average time for runners, they want to make longer, not shorter. Because if, if the average time to complete is getting longer, it means they're getting more people who are just starting running showing up, cool. not a whole lot of people going out trying to knock off 5K PBs. That's really cool. Yeah, so really cool approach. And, yeah. and in New Zealand, the um, the average time for a 5K at Parkrun is 31 minutes. So, oh, it's, so yeah, it's, it's like it's, people starting out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a pretty comfortable pace. Yeah, nice. Wow, that's amazing, eh? So three and a half years you ran your first 100 miler after you'd started kind of running more since 17 years old yep wow yeah and i think the other thing that people who aren't runners don't realize is actually the longer the distance and particularly with trails it's there's a lot more walking Mm. you you get comfortable with um power hiking with walking with stopping at aid stations you know i think that first year I did a, did the miler, it was not good weather. Um, it was <laughs> not what people <laughs> wanted. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty competent runner, and there were sections where I would cover a kilometre in maybe half an hour. It was just that atrocious conditions and slippery, and and it became a bit of you know mental endurance and how do you yeah. how do you troubleshoot that and where yeah. do you find your joy? You know, yes. if if you find your joy in the time it takes to finish, then you'll be disappointed. Yes, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. If you go, wow, if I could finish this, even given all of these conditions, mm. how much more proud will I be of my achievements? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think. Um, you, you've got to rise to the challenge and make mm. sure that you've got your focus on the, the right things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's lots of walking, there's lots of waiting, there's lots of, um, you know, it's variable terrain, so it's actually a lot mm. softer on the body. whole lot easier doing an ultramarathon on trails than doing a road marathon. Yes. My body loves wow. it a lot more. Yeah. The monotonous same same step over and over again on, a, on tarmac mm. is actually pretty brutal on the, on the body. Mm. Yeah. That's amazing, eh? And so quite a few years on since you've been consistently running now, like what's kept you in that love for running and kept you coming back? Like you talk about finding joy in that kind of more of the process. What would you say has made you still really love it? Um, well, I like a challenge. Um, I, I definitely like uh, getting out on the trails and, mm. and a running is a really good way to see 
parts of the country. Yeah. Um, last year I went down and did the Old Ghost Ultra, um, which is oh. run out of Westport. Mm. Um, it follows Old Ghost Trail, which was built as a predominantly as a cycling cycling track. Mm. Um, it's 85 k's. You can see it in a day, and wow. it's just a magic way of going. I've got a very short space of time. Yeah. Um, I can go and see this amazing scenery. Yeah. Um, and then be home two days later. Um, That's cool. And and then even closer to home, you know, we've got the Tararua Ranges and the Katara Forest right on our doorstep. You don't have to go very far in those trails to be completely away from the sounds of the urban environment. Um, you know, you, you're just left with birdsong and with, you know, um, there's streams up there, there's a couple of little waterfalls. Um, you know, it's, it's a pretty magic thing to, yeah. to be around. And I've got a fairly technical job. Um, it can be kind of high stress mm. quite a bit of the year. And I do find running is a really good outlet. It's a really good way to just go and zone out, um, focus on, you know, particularly if you're in the zone and you're having a really good run. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of, you know, endorphins and euphoria around mm. um, the experience. But it's just nice being on the trails. Nice yeah. being in, in nature. Yeah. And it's an easy way to get there. Ah, that's so <laughs> <Yeah>. true. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Ah, oh, that's amazing, eh? I love the idea that, I think it's really, it's quite an accessible way for people to be able to get out and see, not just New Zealand, but spend more time in nature where you're actually like very present. Mm. Like I think even when we're outdoors, I don't think we probably spend as much time outdoors as we could considering how amazing our country is and how accessible it is for a lot of us to be able to get outside and do things and running such a cool way to be very present. Do you find that when you're running, um, like I know sometimes you listen to podcasts or quite often like just complete quite like silence. Yeah. How do you find that? Well, it's, it's gravitated more to the latter. Um, so when I first started running, uh, I always had to have something in my ears. Mm. There was a lot of audiobooks, quite a, quite a few podcasts. Um, now it's pretty rare that I put headphones in. Yeah. And generally it's because I'm going out to do something very high tempo mm-hmm. and I want a particular playlist that I have of very high tempo music to... Yep. To really drive a beat and, and keep me on task. Yeah. Um, and it's really odd because I can go out for hours and have nothing in my ears, mm. and I can argue there's nothing in my head either. That's um, cool. You know, I think there's a balance of there's some days I'll go out and I'll be um, solutioning some technical thing that, that mm. for, for, for work. You know, mm-hmm. I, I often will, will work troubleshoot things because I don't have other distractions. You know, I'm not sitting looking at a screen or whatever, and so I'm just working through stuff. Um, Sometimes I think of people. Um, mm. It's not uncommon that uh, someone will come to mind that I haven't really thought of for a while. I think, mm. oh, that's odd. You know, I wonder what's yeah. brought that to mind. Um, but, yeah, there's quite a lot of time where there's just, you know, at the end of a long run, I'll yeah. think back and go, now what did I think about? And I go, mm, I can't actually remember anything. That's and I think amazing. that's actually part of the perfection of it. You yeah. know, sometimes you can just go into that. You know, it's an almost like a, um, like a medita- meditative state um, mm. where you've emptied your mind. And it's, I think that's what makes it kind of therapeutic and relaxing. Yeah. Even though it's an exercise, it yeah. can be relaxing at the same time. Yeah, because you talked about kind of being, there's some runs where you just get in the zone and there's quite a, like some euphoria around that and that feeling. So yeah. you think being in the zone can often be like you're just completely focused on what you're doing right then and there and your head's not necessarily chewing on a bunch of things? Yeah, definitely. It, and, and ironically, it's more the slower runs that I end up mm. in that than the faster. So uh, if you're running faster and I'm, you know, I'm out to achieve a particular time, yeah, I become very focused on that. And so yes. I, I realise I'm focused on That's that. Um, yeah, whereas you can get to these sort of rhythm run states where you're just cycling over the legs and mm. it, it does become very meditative. Um, and I, I quite like that approach. And obviously, you know, if you're running um, urban, there's always the these cars going past. You've got to be careful at intersections yes. and all sorts of <laughs> One of the reasons I don't really listen with headphones anymore because it's actually pretty dangerous crossing roads and stuff. Um, but if you're out on the trails, you know, you, you're not really thinking about anything, but you are acknowledging stuff. So you're hearing those streams. You might mm. hear some some biker off on another trail that you can't see them, but you know they're there and you can hear them biking through and you know you just pick up on lots of little things yeah. um but yeah you know, you otherwise miss if if you're you know filling your mind up with all sorts of other stuff yeah yeah and how does it feel when you leave 
like I know for me sometimes if I've gone for a run um like especially in the mornings as well I find that whole however like if I was not listening to anything and I was just kind of focused on what I was doing that tends to fly out into the rest of my day and how I approach things do you find that after you finish a run what kind of feeling does that bring into the rest of what you're going to do uh sadly I do a lot of runs later in the day which mm. which means there's less impact but you you definitely feel better after a run yes. I, you know I, I get the rationale behind early exercise and how mm. it sets you up well for the day yeah um you know there, there clearly is evidence of there's chemical release that um mm. relaxes the mind makes you think better you know it's a bit like you know at primary school i often get kids to go out and run a lap of the field yes um sort yeah. of mid-morning because it does sort of you know get them focused on on mm. things and you know if you're sitting at a desk i've got a relatively sedentary job um i'm sat at a desk most of my day um mm. sometimes it's the only exercise i'll get and um you know i could i can go a day and do only a few thousand steps at unless I'm doing a run yes um yeah. and so you, you feel better for it mm. and you're not agitated by the fact that you're not getting outside and yeah um yeah there's, there's definite benefit to to being focused on work yeah. so the way life is at the moment most of my runs get fitted in late in the day yes and so it's just what works but yeah, that's also yeah. important I you know I, I choose not to let the running be the priority yes um you know with I, I guess I could get up earlier, but um, you know, I I often will go out for my runs after mm. dinner at night, yeah. um, which is a, a, an exercise and training in itself to be able to run on a full stomach. Yes, <laughs> um, I, I managed to to master that. But uh, you know, it's it's actually quite a nice wind down as well. Mm. So it, even if you've had a really busy day and I've had a lot of conference calls and a lot of meetings, um, to be able to you know, like some people watch TV, some mm. people just love sitting reading books. Um, I just quite enjoy getting out and doing a run yeah. and depends on the sort of day, depends on the sort of run I choose to do. I don't follow a plan. Mm. I, I tried being coached once, it didn't work. Um, That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, wow. And I get the place. You know, I, people need a lot of people need coaches. They need yeah. to be told what to do. Um, I found that as soon as I was being told what to do, I did it less. Um, I actually love the freedom of going, what do I feel like today? Do That's I feel really like going for a run? Yeah. You know, I, I have a very loose structured plan when I head into an event. So mm. the last sort of eight or 10 weeks will be very structured. Yeah. But the rest of the year, it's a, I either go for a run or I don't. If I go That's for a run, cool. it's a, what do I feel like? Is it a short, fast run? Is it a you know medium distance? Is it a long, slow? Wow. So do you think that's kept part of your love for it going as well? Yeah, I think definitely you've got to find a way to make it fit in a way that's mm. compatible with your lifestyle and with what, triggers in your mind for yeah. sure um it would be it would be hard for me if, if someone said no you must follow this coached regime um i go but they're sucking all the joy out of it for me um and yet you know one of my paces um at tarawera um she is very driven by being coached mm. she gets so much joy from doing exactly what her coach tells her yeah and right wow. down to the you know minutest little very, details yeah. um but that's where she derives her joy from so yeah. Good for her. Yeah, I yeah. Just, that's that's different. different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, you know, I probably could be more competent at what I do if I trained more structured. Mm. Um, but I, it, again, it's about what. Where's your passion and where's your joy? If if it was, I really want to become a top ten finisher in an event. Yeah. Um, yeah. I get the the need for that, but I probably have to do twice as much training as I do now. If the joy is just from participating and from having that experience of going and seeing these amazing events and trails around the country and things like that, then I don't need to be running that kind of volume or that kind of structured and I enjoy the way I'm doing it. So it kind of comes back to like why you're doing it and then from the why you can kind of shape whatever that looks like for you yeah. in the best way possible. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, and no, I, I read a book a number of years ago um, called uh, Run Less, Run Faster. Mm. And it's um, some science-based research out of a university in America, um, the Furman Institute. And they initially were looking at um, collegiate age, so you know, mm. university age yeah. runners, and then moved on to um, the slightly wider audience. And they concluded that if you only ran three times a week, but made them very purposeful runs yeah. and then um, did a little bit of cross training and then rested the other days, mm. 
people were actually improving better than those who were running six and seven times a week. Yeah. Because it's a whole lot of junk miles. It's a whole lot of, yeah. you know, n- non purposeful. And, and mm. I, you know, that's definitely a running thing, but I think that's an analogy for life as well. Sometimes we try and fill our week up with stuff that's actually not adding any value. Yeah. And maybe we need to pick and choose what we do to be a little bit more focused and yep. derive a little bit more joy and pleasure out of less things. Yes. Rather than being yeah. busy just for busy sake. Yeah. Running around like a headless chicken. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> with no like destination in sight. Yes. Yeah. To all the people who you maybe have shared a little bit about what you're up to, some of the challenges you're taking on. Um, I'm sure you hear insane, crazy, and all those weird words being thrown around, and you've used them to describe yourself a little bit as well. But, um, yeah, it's such an interesting thing, eh, how people think of things. But a lot of those, a lot of people as well, like myself included, would – potentially say insane or crazy because they can never see themselves doing it right um and I love what you said earlier about the fact that you think people can can definitely do it like if you are willing to commit yep. put a little bit out there you yep. don't have to be some like elite person or have the right genetic strip or whatever it is yep. like you can just go out and do it which yep. I think is so cool yep. so to those people who maybe would box you over here and say what you're doing is absolutely crazy it's not for me what would you love to be able to say to them so the first part if they say you're crazy i go yes you're correct (laughs) (laughs) Um, but but definitely i'd I'd, uh violently disagree with the second part Mm. that um you know i see uh the types of people that are entering these events and again you know the the documentaries that i watch of other people uh, achieving stuff there is no body type there's no um you know utopian person who who's doing some of these things um but the one thing i would say for ultra marathons is there's a couple of personality traits that are common amongst all of them and that's mental toughness and self-efficacy so that's the you know the belief in that i can achieve what i set out to do i can finish it and you know i i definitely find the goals that i set I push the boat out a little, you know, that's it's definitely a challenge. And, you know, there's a whole, if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've genuinely got to start lines and gone, I know I've done the mahi. I know mm-hmm. I can finish this. It, this is, it might be a bit of an ugly finish. <laughs> it might not be the perfect day, but I can definitely do it. Um, so, I yeah, I definitely think that anybody can do it it's again coming back to the not comparing yourself to others not Mm. um trying to go oh well i know you know glenn can run at this pace Mm. i can't possibly run at that pace therefore i can't do that run that's rubbish because yeah everybody can do it the longer the distance the the more it becomes about um what's in your head not, not what's happening with your body and i think it's quite interesting that over um over the years um a particular ultra distance we we see a lot more female participation mm. which i love i love that That's it's a, cool. a, a sport where um it's a lot more equal mm. um at tarawera ultra this year where i did the miler um it was 50 50 female mm. male mix which is unheard of you know even at a global level normally it's about a 25 75 split mm. and i think there's a lot of things driving that um you know i think in a lot of places and i'm talking you know mainly overseas mm. um there's still barriers to females even entering races um there's barriers to females feeling safe in training you know if you're wanting to do trail runs as an ultra you really need to be running on trails and mm-hmm. how, how do people do that safely um in new zealand there really is an awesome trail community it's really yeah. easy to get connected to other people and go out and do that safely with others around mm-hmm. and that's not you know i'm not making that a female thing you know there's, no, no, there's trails that i wouldn't go and run by myself mm-hmm. um I, I never run into the into the akatera mountain without a personal locator beacon on you mm-hmm. know there's certain things you should do to to set yourself up for a, a safe journey yes. yeah um but I think it is really cool that we're starting to see that that mix. And I think in, in New Zealand, um, genuinely, there's not a, um, you know, I think there's a, there's a term internationally about being checked, about mm. being beaten to the finish line by a female. In New Zealand, I really don't get that 
sense. Mm. And I think that it's partly because of the journey we've been on as a country and the results we're seeing. Um, you know, there's a, an event called, um, I can't remember its, a, it's a proper name, but it's, it's a backyard um, mm. relay. Cool. And the concept of backyard, backyard relays is that you run a set distance every hour. Yeah. You can take as long as you need to, to do it, and then you start that again, another lap the next hour. And so it's six, ah, 6.7 kilometres an hour. Yes. Um, and you just keep rinsing and repeating. You can run it as fast as you like. If you can finish it in 45 minutes, you get a 15-minute break. Yeah. But you start again on the hour. I've heard about this. Yeah. Two years ago, um, Dr. Katie Wright won the New Zealand version of that. Cool. She ran 220-odd kilometres um, by basically like, – there is no second. You, you yeah. either the, – the winner is the person who can do a lap cool. that no one else could finish. Wow. Um, she went on to represent New Zealand at the kind of the world championship, I guess, of backyards. It's called um, Biggs Backyard, yeah. which is over in Tennessee. And she was one of the last four finishers out of quite a big uh, international field of athletes. And I think that year she did about 350 kilometres. And the winner, wow. the winner did well over sixty hours, and was a female, That's um, Maggie Gutierl, um, yeah. from from America. And you know, I mentioned it because it's not that many years ago. Mm. You know, certainly in our lifetime, um, when Catherine Switzer ran the Boston yes. Marathon and, and really started breaking grounds and you know going, why should there be this difference between gender? Yeah, yeah. And I love that we've broken down a lot of that. Mm. Still, some way to go, but. Yeah, it's a, it's an awesome journey we're on because I think the whole the whole sport is more interesting because it's um, it embraces everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. And in fact, in talking about embracing, the first year I did um, Tarawera Ultra, um, I forget her name, but there was a blind lady um, doing it. Now this is a technical trail. This is n not an easy thing to do. You know, you have a a guide with them they they did get to start a bit earlier to try and have a little bit more time up their sleeve but you know again i think to, to the people who support someone like that it, it, a what's going on in her mind that she's going to do a, a very technical run yeah uh, is just incredible absolutely amazing but then the, the the support network around them they're going yeah we believe you can do it we'll yeah. get behind you and literally run the trail with them yeah. yeah yeah and it's yeah i mean i some of the trail was pretty tricky and I could see where I was going. Yeah. To do to do that blind just is epic. That's and that's I think the thing. Yeah, you, know, you can always you can always look at internally itself and go, how am I doing? But if you look externally and look at how other people are doing, there's always something yeah. that will motivate you and go, wow, that's amazing. You know, um, uh, there's a uh, the old old coast ultra. Mm. Um, so the guy who started that, um, Phil Rossiter, he always. This is uh, an award that you get if you get to the top of the hill first. It's called, uh, the, he called it Royal of the Mountain. Yeah. Now, he could have easily called it King of the Mountain, mm. but he always knew that there was a time when yeah. a female would be first at the top. And it's a <gasps> grueling, grueling wow. run, I can tell you. It was, yeah. Having done it, it's pretty tough. Yeah. And um, two years ago, when I was there, uh, Ruth Croft was the first at the top. Wow. And it's like, it became a really big thing at the prize giving of, you know, he was he first. was visionary enough you know he's got daughters himself so yeah. i think it helps yes um, <laughs> it does. But, but you know he was visionary enough to go there's a time and it's coming real soon yeah where females will, will be first there That's and cool. i think a lot of that comes back to the the, the whole self-efficacy and mental toughness yeah. i think a lot of guys when the going gets tough we just give up whereas a lot of females will just soldier on because mm. you know, you just a do. little bit more inherent yeah. mental toughness <laughs> yeah i really That's think so amazing, eh? yeah Wow. Oh, that is so cool. I'm really inspired to go out and read up a little bit more about Stroyal. I think that's yeah. pretty that's pretty cool to be able to think be thinking at that level of anticipation yeah. for the future of what where they want things to be yeah. for a woman to be participating. That's think, so cool. And it's you know, I, I like it because it's it would be easy for him to have called it something different. You know, yes. to go, Oh, it's gonna be King of the Mountain. Yeah, yeah. But that's because I think as a society, we we started to use those kind of terms, and mm. um, we, we we don't need to, you know, um, like Big's backyard. It's always it's a last man standing event. Yeah. Well, why not last woman standing? Why not right. you know last person? It's yeah. about how we frame stuff because automatically there's a little bit of gender bias going into the terms we put on things. Yeah. And so having someone like that who's thought about that and gone, no, I'm not even going to, you know, entertain that mm -hmm. bias, even though. 
right there's now, no evidence to suggest yeah. that it will ever be a female first at that yeah, point in time wow. but he's just refused to buy into it and i thought that was awesome that's really cool yeah i love it that's really cool oh i'm so inspired <laughs> by that eh? that's awesome i love it so one of the learnings you've picked up along the way i think is really cool um that it's not the 100 miles that you're feeling compelled to conquer but it's uh, yourself and you've talked about self a little bit um could you speak a, a bit more to what that means for you yeah i think uh in life as well but in in ultras there's always some point where you'll start to doubt yourself you'll start to think about have i done enough can i get to the finish um particularly in long long runs quite little things that go wrong can become magnified and you become very laser focused on it you know that as you get tired you um you don't have the capacity to 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 think like a regular person thinks when you're exhausted and i think that again this applies to life and and so you become a little bit laser focused on this one little thing which might actually not even be a big deal but it becomes a big deal because you kind of eat into it and i think you have to acknowledge that um you move through a range of emotion and you have to again you know my research of other people who've who failed or who are backpackers you can often see they'll come out of that and it's knowing that things can improve that that doesn't have to be your lot in life you don't have to accept that um whatever little th- event has triggered those thoughts is something that you have to take hold of you know you can you can choose how you respond to it to a certain degree but equally that's a uh, a practiced skill you have to um make attempts to to think away onto positive things you know to to find something that will energize you or distract you doesn't it doesn't even have to be a you know a positive thing it can just be something to take your mind off the negative thing that yeah is ringing like a big alarm bell but actually it's just this tiny little blister or it's a i haven't drunk enough okay so i just need to drink more you know it's, it's, it's easily fixed often yes um yeah, so I think uh, I've never been in a run where I felt like I couldn't finish. Right. But I think that's because I always get to the start line believing that I can get mm. to the finish. And therefore, you just have to work on things. You have to go, okay, I might have to pause here. Yep. I might have to get to an aid station and stop for an hour. Um and I do, I, I think I do try and bring that across into life in general. But, mm. you know, sometimes you've just got to stop and pause yeah. and think, is this little problem mm. a big problem or is it a little problem that I'm making into a big problem? Mm. And then who can help, you know, and runs aid stations, there's people there that can support you. Um, there's paces, you know, mm. talked about earlier um, in life. It's the same thing. Yeah. You know, sometimes you've just got to turn to somebody else and go, I've got this problem. Yeah. I can't seem to solve it myself. Can you help okay. me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Problem in. Which in runs, if that's a blister, that's a great thing for someone else to have to fix. Because <laughs> 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 they can be pretty nasty. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. They just ruminate and then you kind of focus on them. That's so cool, though, that yeah. the idea of laser focus and kind of distracting your brain. Because I'm sure when you get to that exhausted state, you really do need something that you can give your brain to chew on instead of that. Because yeah. you're literally at that level of functioning. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, you know, th- there's also um, a couple of other sayings that I quite like, that only only those who risk going too far can possibly find out how far they can go. And a true challenge is one where failure is the most likely outcome. Wow. And, and I think sometimes some people, we choose to push the boundaries. Yeah. Um, I definitely say, you know, the first time I did a miler, um, it was a bit of a push mm-hmm. um it was probably still within my comfort zone um is it the longest i'll ever run i don't know i have a mm-hmm. in the back of my mind another run i'd like to do one day <laughs> but it won't be anytime soon <laughs> <laughs> and um but yeah there's uh, it's, it's it is that challenge of what can you achieve if you really put your mind to it yeah but you have to be enjoying the process to get there um it's not challenge for challenge sake because that's not how I'm wired. Mm. That's a cool way. Oh wow. How exciting, eh, to see where you keep going with your running journey and yep. things. It's gonna be awesome. So I'm really curious as well. You've you've mentioned it's a beautiful way to get out and see some of New Zealand's amazing scenery and bush. And you have that real cool feeling when you finish. It's taken you some places as well that you 
possibly didn't see coming. I know you've had a few experiences where there's stuff that's you've been out running or, or um, doing certain things and it definitely was not what you were planning to get out of your run that day. Yeah. Um, would you be able to talk to the one of those experiences in particular, the yep. 2018? Yep. So um, to put to paint a bit of a picture, um, I was about a month out from um, doing my first miler. You you have to go through certain processes and training to get comfortable with different things. You've got to test gear out. You've got to know that um, you know you can take on nutrition when you're running. All these sorts of things. Um, so I'd set up uh, to do a long run. Um, in the night so this was heading out i think i probably left home about 9 p.m um i did a 12k run to a trailhead uh, locally and met up with a friend and then the plan was we were going to run 24ks in in the forest in the dark which is pretty special pretty scary at the same time i've never really enjoyed running in, in the forest at night but i've done it quite a few times um and so the plan was we would run this route and then I would run the last 12Ks back home by myself. So uh, met up with our friend Thomas, um, went into the hills. Um, it was a pretty nice night, you know, it was yeah. nice and clear, very dark, very quiet. Um, it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's a remote trail. Yeah. And we finished this run, so by this point, it was probably a little bit after midnight and I was, you know, I guess probably three or four hours into my running at this point. Mm. And um, to uh, paint a, a delicate picture, we, we arrived back into this car park where Thomas's car was and we came across a person who was mm. um, taking steps to prepare to take their own life. Mm. And um, at first, uh, yeah, that's quite confronting, yeah. um, coming into somewhere where a you're not expecting to see anybody yeah um but then to um encounter that situation and not fully knowing how mm. to respond to that um but yeah quite won't go into details but quite mm. luckily um we we rang and um, got help that this person needed the the local police and fire service came came out um that person didn't become another statistic mm. on that day, um, which is just awesome. Yeah. Um, but more importantly, uh, you know, they they've got the help that they needed to yeah. um, to clearly work around a, a problem because mm. I, I can't see what brings people to that point. But um, we were just really lucky that we were in this very remote place that we really had no good reason to be there. Yeah. You know, it's it's pretty random to be there at that time of night. And to come across this person at, at, in a timing where intervention could make a difference. Yeah. Um, wow. So yeah, it was pretty um, daunting. Mm -hmm. um, then had to run run home after that after the talking to police back. and stuff. So there's still another wow. twelve k's to finish with a whole lot going through your head. Yeah. Um, and I think I probably got home. I can't actually remember. It was probably two two thirty in the morning. Wow. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot to unpack. It's, mm. a, it's a lot to take in, but I'm just I'm really grateful that um, we were in the right place. Yeah. You know, um, and, and that we've got amazing, amazing first responders in Capity who yeah. who got there really fast and gave him the support that he needed. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Wow. With that kind of experience, like it's so hard. Um, I think to comprehend those places that people's minds can go sometimes when, when we haven't been there. But with that kind of being involved in that situation, were there things coming at, so like the 12 Ks running home in the week after, did it just, did your perspective on life shift quite a bit as to what, what you'd seen? Because I know that kind of thing can be quite um, it, daunting it, to yeah, people, yeah. It, it was slightly surreal. Mm. Um, I think in in journeying through life, it's it's um, it's my first direct encounter with something like that. But you know, I've certainly known enough mm. people who've been impacted by the tragedy of yeah. mental health challenges and mm. the the out that some people choose to take. Yeah. And um, I think more it was a, a um, 
to be honest, almost a joyful feeling that mm. I've made a difference for one person. Yeah. You know, that yeah. it, it was just pure pure luck of timing, mm-hmm. um, but that that person's had a different outcome than, mm-hmm. than others who perhaps just needed the same random stranger to come and intervene. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what, what a difference it could make into a lot of people's lives if mm-hmm. we're, you know, open to situations. Yeah. Yeah, wow. That's amazing, eh? And just being very present in that moment to be able to do what you could when you were there yeah, yeah. being present is i mean that's a, a really appropriate thing to say um when we arrived in this car park i actually initially didn't even notice this other person wow. um, it was thomas who we, we we were heading past and he says mm. did you see that and i'm like what yeah, <laughs> um wow. so you know um it's easy to miss things that are right in front of you and mm. i think maybe we all need to slow down a little and mm. take notice of th- what goes on around us and also the impact that is happening on different people yeah you know what can we do to help yeah oh 100 percent. Mm. and i'm so grateful as well in new zealand the services that we have to support people and obviously we've got a very long journey to go with some of the things that our country's facing and challenges around that but mm. um yeah i think it's pretty powerful the fact that we're actually each able to be a bit more present in other people's lives and check in with people like you were saying yeah. earlier like just appreciating someone maybe in your wider yep. networks and how much of a difference that kind of thing can make yep. is incredible it's really cool when yep. it comes to like mental wellness i guess and emotional wellness would you say running's helped quite a bit with that kind of thing i think fitness helps with that yeah um, well. I, for me personally running helps mm. because i enjoy it yes. um but i wouldn't want to suggest that running Everyone. solves a lot of problems <laughs> yes. because if you if you go out every day and you passionately hate the fact that you're running there it's you're, probably not going to help gonna, yeah, yeah yeah um but i think generally i focus on fitness we mm. we deal with things better if we're fit mm. um and you know cardi- cardiovascular fitness to me is a, is a big one building up heart health mm. because it can solve it can help you with a lot of other areas you know yeah. if you're feeling fit in that sense mm. you're more likely to go out and do walks walks might then go into some other activity mm. um and it doesn't have to be starting running you know it doesn't have yeah. to be you know going out and doing multi-day mountain bike riding like you know like ian or things like that you know, yes yeah um, yeah you know, it's, sometimes it's just actually going out and doing something yeah and and that's something generally speaking can just be 30 minutes three times a week yeah and you know if, if you're wanting to start running run if you can yeah if you can't run for 30 minutes run what you can run and then yeah. walk the rest it's it's not actually about you know again it's i think people often want to compare they want to mm. say oh but i know this other person and when they go out for a run they just you know they knock out these 40 and 50 minute runs every time yeah you know, but they're not you mm. if if you can run 10 minutes and then you That's can amazing. do a brisk walk for 20 minutes yeah awesome yeah but it's just about that um getting getting a um, exercise in of some description yeah yeah that's so cool eh? just moving mm. like that's one of the things like some days if i'm not doing something that i've structured in it's just like getting out moving whatever yep. it is go for yep. a swim at the beach whatever that looks like it's yep. really cool yeah for sure yeah wow that's amazing eh? I, i'm gonna have another a little story of help um that sort of rings to mind um i was out on another run just a local road run nothing special mm. um it was in winter it was coming up on dusk and I came across um, an elderly person coming up Amazing Hub Road, so a local road, yeah. um, on his mobility scooter. Oh, wow. And he he was on the road, which sort of alarm bells rang. And I was like, that's really odd. Why would yeah. he be on the road, not on the footpath? So I stopped my run. I was actually on track for a PV for a particular distance. <laughs> but, um, I stopped and went over to this guy. And I said, are you okay? And he'd only recently moved to Kapiti. Mm. He lived in... Um, a, the retirement village off realm drive mm. he'd been out for an outing and he just got himself lost and he couldn't find the street wow. back to the entrance where he needed to go back home um didn't have a phone on him didn't have you know uh, yeah, yeah. He, he was an older guy he was starting to get cold i could see he was almost you know borderline hypothermic mm. and so i managed to find out where he which was. the village was yeah you know rang them mm. said are you by any chance missing somebody yes they'd been looking for him he'd wow. been out way too long and said oh well i found him i can can bring him back yeah you know i i as i was running up to this person i'd seen other people just drive past yeah but even though you know and having to drive around him on the road mm. um it, it would be easy to just ignore 
something like that. And I think it's, it's too easy that we get busy on our own lives, we get laser focused on what we're doing, and we forget to just have that little peripheral vision of what's going on around us. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, I've I quite like the fact that I could help this guy out. I, you know, he, he was getting bitterly cold. Yeah. Um, he wasn't really that far from where he needed to be, mm. but he just couldn't find it. He just yeah. needed somebody to take two minutes to go, let me walk down the road with you. Yeah. Let me get you back to your home to a very worried wife. Yes, <laughs> oh, I can imagine. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that's, you know, uh, I I find joy when I'm out running on, and things like that mm. as much as I find from running. Yeah, you know, it's, running it's, it's not just about running. It's yes. about sometimes you can enjoy life and the peripheral things that go with it. Yeah, it's cool, like eh? because it's not just then conquering yourself, but it's actually looking beyond yourself at the same time. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow, Glenn, that's really, really cool. I love it. So just for our, our final thing, I know you've got plans for the Tarawera Ultra 2022 which is crazy to me even saying 2022. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit bizarre. But um, I know you've mentioned you're going to look at the 50K and set it 100 miler. Yep. So you can kind of soak up that atmosphere and that, that finishing line. And what's that feeling like when you're able to share that experience um, and running and challenges with, with other people? I know you've had a few yep. experiences, like with your daughter, being able to go out for a run or two. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have been lucky enough to do a few runs with uh, one of my daughters. Um, not so much anymore because it's just really not her thing, yeah. you know. Um, but it was a really proud moment the first time I did a five k with mm. her. I can't actually remember how old she was, but it was a few years ago now. And just seeing that sense of accomplishment doing just again local park run, yeah. Um, not not a big time thing, you know. It becomes it was quite emotional seeing her complete that because it was you know definitely a bit of a stretch for her and i think yeah. that's the whole thing you know a stretch for one person can be just a 5k mm -hmm. a stretch for another might be a hundred miler yeah um but yeah i i'm i'm really looking forward to going back next year to to tarawera partly because it's such a, it's a special event to me mm -hmm. it's it's so well run and it's um such a positive event with the most amazing volunteers but the times I've been in the past, I've always been basically filling up the entire time that's allocated mm. for the weekend, and then I finish, and that's it. I'm so exhausted. Yeah. All I want to do is go and shower and sleep, and yes. that's it. Get out, yeah, um, yeah. And so uh, they do have a shorter and inverted commas, you know, uh, links. And I'd love the opportunity to go and do that. I can get that done in half a day. Yeah. Um, go off and rest, and then go back into the evening and be that supporter for other people. Cool. You know, see see those that are coming across doing the hundred k, and they go all through the night. You know, the yeah. Um, 100k finishes finish you know uh, really up to breakfast the next day mm -hmm. the 100 milers um the cutoff is 36 hours yeah. and a lot of people come in after 34 hours yeah wow. so seeing um those back pack runners to be that mm -hmm. encouragement you know i know what it feels like to be a finisher towards yep. the back yep. and and the motivation that you can draw from people who are completely random strangers mm. who are just championing you and going you've got this we yeah. know you can get there it really does boost you so yeah, yeah I, I, I would love to go back and experience that side of it mm. and just be a spectator yeah, yeah. but if i'm going to go that far i'll, I'll do a short run first yes, nice. <laughs> or <laughs> shorter. yeah that's really i like how you said inverted commas yeah, that yeah. Was really good <laughs> and you know it's, and it's, it's funny like the one of my paces this year um you know she's dabbling had been dabbling with the idea of do i do the mile myself and uh, i said ah so having now seen me in one of my worst sections you know yes. she, she joined me at 120 kilometers into the run which i'm sure um, gets a bit ugly like you're saying ugly finishes. There's, there's a big hill and yeah. it's um pretty you know i've done three marathons already yeah. and yeah um i said did it put you off she goes it's funny it actually made me want to do it more that's <laughs> think, so good you know but that's it's good to have people like that um journey that type of event with you because yeah. they get it they yeah. they are inspired by the same sort of things that inspire me yeah but it's not for everyone and i don't expect it to be for everyone you know i don't yeah. i don't think there's any point in trying to convince someone else who uh, really doesn't understand yeah. it to to to, to love the idea of standing around in a forest for four hours until yes. this person comes in <laughs> um and you'll see them for 10 minutes and then they'll be off and you, you know. yeah um but some people absolutely love that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, again, Thomas is, is definitely one of those people. Yeah. Um, he, he draws a lot of joy just from watching other people. Wow. Um, and he was the perfect person to have at my first couple of is ultras. That, yeah. That's really yeah. cool. And particularly the, the second one where, you know, 
due to the weather, I was well behind the time that we thought. Yeah. And he's standing in the middle of a forest that's pouring with rain. Yeah. And he's having the best time of his life. That's so cool. (laughs) There are people you want around you if that's and it you know goes outside of running. The people people who can really, really um engage with what it is that excites you Mm. and are keen to just be there to support you rather than um because they want to do it themselves yeah they're they're purely to champion your result yeah that's amazing oh glenn thank you so much for your time today it's been really really cool i so appreciate you and shona having me around to have this chat it's really really cool it's my pleasure so excited to be able to share this with everyone excellent Just want to me thank everyone who listens to this podcast and has contributed in any way, shape, or form, whether that's encouragement or being a part of the content and the conversations around it, or just yeah, just getting behind what we're doing. I so appreciate it, and it's been such a cool journey so far. And yes, I hope you got something out of today's conversation. Go into your week with a bit more focus and purpose, intentionality, and do well. <laughs>